0: Andy, as your shirt indicates, three in a row, Michigan won the Big Ten Championship for the third time in a row. How are you feeling?
1: Merry Christmas to me, so it's not a visual podcast, so I have to describe this shirt. It says three in a row. It's got Michigan uh, 30, Ohio State 24. And honestly, before this recent run uh, for Michigan against Ohio State, I used to think shirts like this were so tacky. It has the date of the game and it has the score of the game. I'm like, who's going to do that? But you know what? As soon as I saw it on the Michigan Athletics score, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm buying that. And I'm wearing it to the the podcast. It's funny. Like once you're in that situation, you're like, oh, I'm on top. Yeah. Like I'm going to rub everybody's faces in it.
0: My boys and I still have our eight in a row shirts from (laughs) (laughs) what seems like so long ago. It
1: does seem like so long ago. It's a Michigan world and you're all living in it, baby.
0: It feels like it. This is the game. the game, we half-jokingly said that whoever won the game would have to go score 17 points and beat Iowa to win the Big Ten. But as it turns out, Michigan really would have only needed a safety.
1: Yeah, Iowa's created some really interesting uh, betting spreads for uh, Las Vegas over the course of the season between having one of the most dominant defenses in college football and one of the worst offenses around. And the one going into the championship game was, was Iowa going to score a point Before halftime, the over under was half a point. And it turns out that they didn't score a point the The entire the entire game. So a very, a very classic, if not really unexpected Big Ten championship um, that was probably not fun to watch for anyone aside from Michigan fans. It wasn't intriguing. It wasn't, you know, flashy or anything. Michigan didn't pull out anything, anything that spectacular. And Iowa was just embarrassing to
0: watch. They are embarrassing to watch. I wish that next year's format had been the case this year, and Ohio State could have got another crack rematch. at Michigan. Yeah, but that... it'll be a good thing for the conference that the West just goes away next year.
1: The West, the West was probably one of the worst, worst outcomes of the leaving the the poorly named leaders and legends divisions. Yeah. But at least there was a little bit more parity between them than the East and the West. I've got. It, back in the day when Ohio State used to go to the uh, the conference championship game, I would just grab uh, a shirt from whatever school they were playing. So I got a Wisconsin shirt in my uh, in my closet. I got a Northwestern long-sleeve shirt from when Northwestern backdoored into it and played you. Because that's, that's all there was. But I remember being extremely disinterested by the third quarter of all of those games. Like, none yeah. of them were even ever a fight.
0: Well, when they were legends and leaders, it was possible, of course, that Ohio State and Michigan could have met for the— Conference championship a yeah. week after playing in the game, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, that it would be amazing!" And it never happened in those few years that those, that we had that arrangement.
1: Michigan really wasn't up for it back
0: then. <laughs> Michigan wasn't up for it. Now, the last three years, if it had been the format that we'll have next year, of course, Ohio State Michigan would have literally played three years in a row, back to back weeks, which would have been fascinating. I have a feeling that will not happen much, if at all, going forward because. It's a whole new world next year with the addition of the four Pac-12 teams.
1: Yeah, the four really good Pac-12 teams. I yeah. mean, there's, it's, it's going to be, you know, Michigan and Ohio State playing each other undefeated at the end of the season. is going to be so much more rare than what we've seen, at least over the last couple of years. Yeah, it's
0: going to be weird. We're going to enjoy this last year of the Big Ten as we've always known it, and the status of the game as we've always known it.
1: Yeah, but as we know, working in medicine, the only the only constant is change. And I look forward to sort of the positives that the next season's going to bring, and the different the different matchups and parodies, and how that affects how that affects uh, the the schedule and the goals for all the teams, and what the uh, the twelve man playoff twelve team playoff looks like at the end of the season.
0: Iowa's offense is horrific. But I think Michigan's defense is the main reason that I wonder if they win it all this year. Michigan's offense this year has not looked as good to me as it did last year. Yeah. They, they aren't running the ball with the same authority. They're, two-time Joe Moore winning offensive line was not a finalist for the Joe Moore no. and appro- award this year. Appropriately,
1: appropriately so. I no, mean, they they was-
0: weren't nearly as dominant. J.J. McCarthy had a good year. He was a, a good game manager, but he didn't really do anything explosive all year. He didn't uh, wow anybody. There's probably a half dozen quarterbacks in the country you'd think of before J.J. in terms of performance this year, yet they are were more dominant this year than ever.
1: Yeah, I mean, we are the odds-on favorite to win it all, according to Vegas.
0: Number one seed. And-
1: yep, appropriately so. Um, and, and I I agree. I mean, Michigan won all the games in front of them, but they definitely didn't win with nearly as much authority as they did last year. And, you know, Corum and Edwards seem to take a step back, and I think when it happens to two running backs, I think you need to put a lot of that at the feet of the offensive line, just not being as good. And makes you wonder, like, well, how, were, were Corman Edwards as amazing as they were two years ago? Now they were, they looked really amazing because they had the best offensive line in the country, you know, opening up holes for them so they could, you know, get to that second level. Um, but I agree, JJ, you know, heads up, heads up ball player, made plays when he needed to, but I think between, you know, not making tons of downfield passes, plus I think he was a, he was a little lame with his hip, hip, hip injury coming into the last few games of the season, which is why he didn't, you know, uh, rely on his legs nearly as much as you'd expect him to when he played the really elite, um, elite defenses like, uh, Ohio state and Penn state. Um, but Michigan found a way to win and yeah, a good defense really gives you opportunities to stay in the game and play the offense that you can play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As I lamented during the season that, uh, Michigan, you just can't stop them. You cannot get them off the field. They just grind and grind, and they have so many. I don't know what their third down conversion rate is, but they, you just can't get them off the field. Well, in the, and in the- even in the game, it's still the the play that drives me most nuts. Besides McCord's two interceptions in the game, was the play when McCarthy's scrambling for his life to the right and throws back to the middle of the field. Which you're never, ever, ever supposed to do my at any hands, level of football. My
1: hands were on the back of my head when I saw that. I was like, that's a, that's a pick six, man. I mean, you're, you're throwing you're, you're begging throwing across for trouble. Cross your shoulder. And it was just for a first down. It wasn't, but it
0: worked. Yeah, but it kept the drive going. It's, it's drive after drive. They just keep going. And then I wonder, are they going to slow down some of the offenses that they might see in the playoff? But Ohio State's got a decent offense. Ohio State was not nearly as explosive this year as they've been the last several years. But they were pretty good. They certainly had some of the best playmakers in the country. And
1: Yeah. Yeah, if Ohio State's offense last year matched up against us this year, I think it would be a completely different outcome. Um, but you have to play the team that's in front of you. And we did not play the 2022 Buckeyes. We played the 2023 Buckeyes. And we did what we needed to do. And now we're... Two games away from a national championship and running the the best the best winning streak and the first number one AP ranking since I was 15 years old and didn't ca- didn't care about Michigan football at that time. So I'm really I mean these are the halcyon days, Michigan fans. You know and who knows what the the future is going to bring. So let's enjoy every moment of it going into bowl season. Let's enjoy playing Bama and uh, let's keep it going.
0: This is the first time in the AP era since 1936 that Michigan will finish in the top five three years in a row. So, this is literally since the AP era started, maybe the greatest three year stretch of Michigan football in its history, uh, in its history since the AP era. Obviously, the greatest stretch in Michigan football history is 1900. (laughs) To nineteen oh nine or something right, like that. Second greatest,
1: and we are here for it, Reggie. Getting together every <laughs> I know. every week or Why? every two weeks to <laughs> recap it. I'm like there is a, there is a sense of justice in the world because I we started this podcast at a time when like Ohio State was just crushing Michigan, and even on you know revenge tour you're like oh nope can't can't defend the crossing route. I guess we yeah. suck again. Like. I, this will, this will keep me going on the podcast for, for years to come. And so like, absolutely, I, I absolutely needed this
0: prior to these three years. This was one of the best stretches in Ohio state's history, not in terms of championships, maybe, but in terms of overall performance and being relevant and being at the top of the game every year. And that's the thing about the last three years. It's not like we've fallen off and we've had the years of mediocrity that nah. Michigan had to endure uh during ohio state's string of dominance it's like we've still been really good just not quite good enough
1: not good enough and you know maybe really good will be next year enough to get you into the playoff and then it's anybody's game
0: it won't be the same though you know we'll probably talk about that more next year but getting into the 12 team playoff so you mentioned the you know you play the team in front of you which for michigan now is alabama
1: yeah no controversy
0: I, there whatsoever I, oh
1: man so i had about the same reaction to drawing bama as everybody all the michigan uh players and family in the uh i love that. In the hotel conference <laughs> center that morning i'm like oh,
0: oh all right all right all right yeah. all right. Let's
1: bring, oh yeah, bring on bama
0: we know we're them. excited really but
1: i i don't get the like every other single team would have reacted the exact same way like oh yeah we might get Florida state who we're going to put a, a hobbled
0: Florida we're state, put
1: a, we're going to put them in the wood chipper. And they, so like in our mind, we're one game away from a national championship. And now we got Bama who is five and O against teams ranked number one in the college football playoff ranking. So yeah, I wish we got Florida state. Yes. I'm very disappointed, but at the same time, like, I don't know if we can't beat Alabama then we don't deserve to win the uh, national championship. Now, did Florida State get hosed
0: we should weigh in on that because everybody else in the world yeah does. yeah
1: you've heard, you've if you're listening to this podcast you've you've heard at least 10 takes on it so I will give you mine and see if you agree Reggie they were absolutely hosed you had a power five conference team that went undefeated and did everything that you can ask these kids to do and you put a team that lost at home over them because they're the better team now They are the better team right at this moment. And I get that the college football playoff committee gives themselves so many outs by saying we're supposed to put in the most, you know, the uh, the best four teams and not the most deserving. But what do you tell kids that went to a school like Florida State and and won every game because their star quarterback went out that they're not going to get a chance to play for it all?
0: The way Florida State was treated gives me a real dilemma. Do I need to root for Michigan to beat Alabama? Because the SEC bias among ESPN and the rest of the media is insane. It's
1: insane.
0: There's no way that would have happened to any other conference. No, no, if, that was, if those were Big Ten teams instead of Alabama and Georgia, they would have been left out and Florida State would be in. If it was, and that were the, clearly the second best conference. This year, I guess you'd say the best conference, the Pac-12, would have been left out under the same circumstances. They only got in because it's the SEC and because the SEC controls college football.
1: Absolutely. And Florida
0: State got so hosed.
1: And they even control Kirk Street. I mean, so I think because it was an ACC team on the bubble, uh, it made it a little bit easier. I think if you look at, like, the ACC in, in terms of, like, a, a soccer, they are—, they are getting relegated as the as the two as the two super conferences continue to merge together. The ACC is looking m- more m- less like a power five school, power four, power five uh, conference and closer to a group of five conference. And so I think that made the decision easier. But Herb Street made the argument in his defense of putting Bama. He said, well, what if J.J. McCarthy broke his leg? you know, going into the Penn State game and Michigan found a way to beat Penn State and Ohio State very completely on the back of their defense and only scored, you know, 14 points in the conference championship game, we would be doing the same thing to Michigan. No, No, you would not. not. No chance on earth. Michigan is such a big brand. And even even if we were going to get throttled in the college football playoff, you would give a team like Michigan a chance to get throttled. So it just turns out that Florida State just didn't have that level of cachet that they needed to be able to bring in sort of the uh, the viewership without a without their star quarterback. And it was a very dollars and cents decision by the playoff committee that is definitely dominated by by the SEC and the Paul Feinbaum talking heads. And gosh, it was just it was it was upsetting to see as a Michigan fan, because I think we're in for a real fight in the Rose Bowl. But like. It was just really upsetting to, to have yet another reminder that what's the answer to 99 out of 100 questions? It's money. money, And there's going to be a lot more eyeballs on the Rose Bowl with Alabama and Michigan than there were going to be with Michigan and Florida State. There's no doubt about it. Look,
0: there's no doubt that there's a more compelling this matchup. This is the best
1: matchup. This I mean, is a great
0: playoff. The Both matchups will be entertaining. I'm very much looking forward to seeing them. But like I said, if Michigan stomps, let's say Michigan dominates Alabama... I remember what happened when Ohio State got stomped in back-to-back national championship games in 06 and 07 to SEC schools. The talk was, you see, that's why you can never, never put the Big Ten in those matchups, never put Ohio State in, the whole conference, everything's just overrated. So is anybody going to say that about the SEC? The other thing that got me about the Florida State, when like, I get it, they beat Georgia. Good job. Very good. Georgia looked uh, they were not invincible this year, though they didn't look the same as they had the last two years. But Alabama should have lost at Auburn, who converts fourth and goal from the thirty-one to win the game against a very mediocre who, Auburn team. Who
1: rushes two, two people and gives a very good quarterback twenty seconds? I don't know. It felt like an eternity. <laughs> it was ridiculous to, to find one of your star wide receivers. I mean, that is. All on Auburn. And I was texting furiously to my cousin who's an Auburn alumni. I was like, what were you thinking? Like all you had to do was put just the slightest bit of, bit of pressure on him instead of playing you know, drop back coverage. It that,
0: that was such a stupid decision by you're Auburn not, you're not, that you're, I thought Tommy Tuberville must have made it again.
1: <laughs> I, you're not. You're not on. They're not on their own forty. You know, you don't have to. Yeah. They are going to get the ball to the end zone. You can't play a prevent defense, and that's exactly what they did. They put a prevent defense one. You could easily throw the, the Jalen Miller would easily throw the ball into the end zone. That was
0: insane, and they
1: paid the price. And you know, yeah. part part of it, is you're like, well, it's a stupid play call. And, and look what happened you let them hang around and that's what bama's going to do
0: um, having said that alabama's got more five star talent and high high rated talent in their defense even though they weren't as uh, they were not at the, the one of the very top defenses like iowa penn state ohio state that michigan has already defeated so do i think alabama's defense will be impossible for michigan to solve no they solved the other tough defenses they played the question is whether Alabama's offense will be able to move the ball on Michigan's defense in a way that those other teams couldn't, because I don't know, it, it seems like it depends on which week you play them.
1: Yeah, I mean, once again, it's one of those games where I could see any any particular outcome. I can see Michigan getting just handled by the level of talent that they have. I could see us doing what we do and you know winning by double digits by the time the game's over, and I can see it coming down to... Uh, you know, a, a late play or a field goal at the end of the game. Any any outcomes possible, which is why the game is so intriguing and why the, the line is so close. But I will tell you the betting public believes that Bama is going to run away with this because 80% of the action has gone on Bama, you know, plus one Bama, plus one and a half, whatever the current line is. Um, and so Vegas thinks they have the number right, but everybody else in the public wants to continue to bet on the SEC.
0: As an Ohio State fan, roll Tide.
1: Uh, I, and but, i was so but, wondering. You said yeah. I have quite a dilemma, and then I'm like, well, "What's the answer to the dilemma?"
0: Well, but as a Big Ten fan, the reality is, it would be better for the Big Ten if Michigan won the national championship. Oh, absolutely.
1: This year. I, it's like you said, if Michigan loses, you're going to be like, well, oh, your undefeated champion like got got beat by our one loss that everybody wanted to keep keep out of the playoff." Like yeah. what now? If Michigan beats Alabama on their way to a national championship. As much as I wanted to cakewalk it and say, like, oh, let's play Florida State and a, you know, a, what seems like a much more beatable Texas or University of Washington team. Like, if we beat Bama and then go on to win the title, like, leave no doubter, like, Michigan's going to be the best team in the country.
0: I think any of the four teams in the playoff could win it. Yes. The, there's no, but, I mean, that's one of the things I find fascinating. Any of them, they've all played really well.
1: And they, they're go all. Go dogs because the
0: Huskies have. Played tough. Everybody, everybody all year was like, Oregon was all that. They acted like Oregon was the undefeated returning national championship. They were just unbelievable. And then somehow it was that, well, yeah, the Huskies beat them head to head, but that was luck because they beat them at home and they'll never beat them again. And then they did. And the Huskies in what turned out to be the toughest conference in the country this year. Yeah. And the Huskies are unbeaten. To say that they well, they're not gonna win the national championship, why not? Like yeah. why their offense is as potent as anybody else's in the country.
1: Uh, but wouldn't you really rather watch a Michigan University of Washington national championship game than a University of Washington Alabama national championship game, Reggie?
0: Well, for like I said, for the conference, so yeah. you know, that'd be two conference teams for everything. For for, for the a exterior. fan of
1: college football, yeah. like everybody's gotta be tired of Alabama. If you don't have a dog in the hunt, if you're not if you're not deep in the backwoods of Alabama right now, then you're you're out of SEC country. Like Nobody's got to be rooting for them. I can't imagine that half the people in the SEC are rooting for Alabama. I can't well.
0: root for them, although i got to say, I've never been annoyed by Alabama and Nick Saban the way I have really every other school in the SEC. And teams like Clemson, they just all annoy me. I will say I don't have that feeling toward Georgia yet, even though they beat us last year. Those programs, Georgia and Alabama, are built— I mean, you have to admire it. Is this somebody who, you know, we are both in have been in leadership positions, trying to run an effective organization and and so you look at how they've built those organizations, and it's impressive as could be, man.
1: It's culture,
0: right? Yeah, it's and we've, culture. And we've seen, it's everything you try to build in a in a great organization, and they've got it in spades.
1: And we've seen other teams try to get to the mountaintop in ways that maybe didn't I, I wouldn't say subverted culture but didn't focus nearly as much on it as Kirby Smart and Nick Saban did look at Jimbo Fisher two years ago three years ago they had the best recruiting class of, of all, all time. time and where are those players now almost all of them have transferred off to another school so unless you have the winning culture then it doesn't matter and and this is this is a lesson for every organization every business is that it doesn't matter what tricks or cool ideas or novel things you're going to do, the culture will will eventually determine the success or failure of your program. You know what, Reggie? You know what? I am going to the national championship game if you're gonna Michigan go makes Alabama? it. Oh, okay. No, the, 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 <laughs> <that's> it. <laughs> oh, I see what you – if Michigan makes it. I have a, uh, a friend who, for maybe financial reasons, picked a better industry to go in than I did. Um, and he's got all sorts of reward points and airline miles and he's a, he's a Huskies fan. So he goes, comes to me, he says, Andy, he goes, if Michigan and Washington make it, I'm going to fly you down to Houston We're I'm going to put us up in a hotel in Houston and all you have to do is get us tickets to the game. And initially I'm like, that sounds like a pretty square deal. Now that I'm seeing what the yeah. secondary market cost for, I bet. for national championship tickets are going to be, maybe not. But then he went as far as to say, "Well, I got to do business down there anyway, so I'm gonna go." He says, "I'm gonna go even if even if Washington doesn't make it." And I was like, "All right, buddy. Just so you know, I am not going if Michigan's not making. It. I'm not going to watch Bama Texas play in the national championship game. Yeah, I'm right. not. I'm not paying umpteen, you know, hundred or thousands of dollars to to get those tickets just to get in the door. But I am going, and my wonderful wife." has given me permission we are you know we've got a big financial project right now and i had no plans to go to either any of the college football playoff games whereas if this was three years ago and it was a different financial picture the answer would have been absolutely like try to stop me and she goes andy i know this means a lot to you why don't you and your friend go to houston if michigan makes the national championship game and i don't think i loved my wife more at any one moment than i did right then
0: that's a that's touching it bro. To yeah,
1: it's really because she love, that's said true love man. she didn't even ask ask me how much the cost of the tickets were gonna yeah. be and maybe she said that because she thinks they're gonna be like I don't know 200 bucks or that, something. that's
0: that's true love yeah you gotta love that man that's she, uh,
1: she'll see the she'll see the credit card statement one day and be like what did I do
0: yeah no I oh, well, love so let's make our predictions I guess on that who makes it to the championship game
1: Uh, I, so I'll take the, I'll take the, the, the less intriguing game for me first. I think Washington has a more explosive offense than Texas. I think they get it done. I think their defense is undersold. Um, so I think it's Washington and, you know, Michigan Bama, all of the, all the analytics say that Michigan should be favored by around seven to nine points. If you look at FEI and SP plus, that's sort of where it falls out now. This is a tale of a Bama team that has, you know, gotten gradually better over the course of the season and their early season numbers factor into that. So I don't think it's going to be that close, but I don't think they're going to make up near double digits on what those analytics are putting in. So I've got Michigan by less than a touchdown.
0: I've got the same. I've got Michigan versus UW in the national championship game. Again, Alabama should have lost to Auburn and been out of the playoff the week before. They, 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 they've been more than vulnerable. The Georgia team they beat was not the Georgia team of the last two years, even though they were unbeaten. Michigan has played defenses as good, better than Alabama's. Three of them already and had no trouble, right. really. Uh, Ohio State... Really, I mean, they slowed them down a little bit, not that much. Iowa did a pretty solid job, probably similar to what Ohio State did as far as they put their defense in some awfully bad situations and held them to some field goals, and they did what they could do. Penn State's defense gave Michigan trouble, you know, certainly throwing the ball. They couldn't throw the ball to save their life, but they just ran it down their throats. But they didn't really run it down their throats. They ran it just enough to keep every drive going and, and get enough points to win, so... And and Michigan's defense, like I said, I think that's the difference. I don't know how they're doing it this year. Two years ago, I thought the defense would drop off to last year. They didn't. This year, I really thought they would drop off a little bit from last year. Nope. I think this is the best defense of the three.
1: I think the one thing that Michigan does that is a big boost to their defense that I don't see in a lot of other teams is, you mentioned this maybe halfway or three quarters of the the, the season, they cycle their depth in and out of positions. They're not... You know, you, you run a defense, you know, defensive starters, 11 people for every single snap of the game. They're going to be gassed, man. They're going to be tired and they're going to make mistakes by the end of the, the end of the game. So even though there's definitely a talent drop off between, you know, the first and second stringers, getting them out there, making sure they're seen, you know, seeing these snaps and getting fresh legs on the ground, I think is a gigantic advantage for Michigan. And I think our, our, Top-level talent isn't as good as it was over the last couple years, but I think the fact that we're, we're relying on the depth of our defense is what gives us the biggest advantage.
0: It's one of the things that really stuck out to me this year and impressed me the most because I wish Ohio State had done more of that. Ohio State's got some pretty talented guys in reserve that really never saw the field in any meaningful snaps this year. Michigan did a great job of rotating lots of guys in, which makes them ready like next year they'll have underclassmen they're going to lose a fair amount of guys this year but they're going to have guys that rotated in.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm less I'm less pessimistic going into next year than I've been at any other time in the season.
0: And- uh, uh, look, what they're doing is working. Yeah. You it's know, all three Big 10 championships in a row. I give Harbaugh credit. I gave him credit 2 years ago and last year and this year. What changed? What's the difference? Cuz I don't think it's really just well, Urban Meyer's not at Ohio State anymore. I think Ryan Day's had a really really good Ohio State program. But Harbaugh has figured out a way, either through hiring different assistant coaches or, I don't know, if he seated more controlled his coordinators. I don't know what the difference is, but their culture seems different and better.
1: I think the players gelled. I mean, we've touched on this yeah. in sort of the, the, the senior class of J.J. and Donovan Edwards and sort of You know, all of it and looking back on it when we lost in the college football playoff to Georgia two years ago and they all stood there and watched them celebrate and said, we need to see this. And like it was a cute narrative. But now I'm like, all right, like, yeah, they actually bought into that and they, you know, they knew they were going to be leading the team in the future and they needed to 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 remember the pain of that moment to get back and overcome it. Um, I think there was probably some intangible cohesion at the player level that you just cannot create with with coaches. And I hope that keeps going with the underclassmen who have come on and who are going to stick around next year. But could it have been just a sort of a flash in the pan? And then, you know, things you know, regress towards the me mean a little bit. It's it's entirely possible. I don't think there was a magic coaching move or decision that that changed it. I Short of clearly taking a one year flyer quarterback in the transfer portal was not the uh, the key to success. Like yeah. she, Shea Patterson, you know, five yeah. star, five star slinger. Like uh, by all corn, yeah. And oh like, boy, I man. mean, bring, you me, bring me back, Reggie. Yeah, pull me, pull me down off my high, real quick. That's all you have to say.
0: <laughs> Look, JJ McCarthy, I think goes down as like he's. I think the single individual, but you're right. It's that class, but he's a single individual that completely transformed the 2020 break the COVID year the game didn't happen they had a miserable season but jj mccarthy stuck with his commitment yep arbaugh taking a haircut on his contract and coming back anyway and since then obviously things have worked and i do not think it it's just because Connor Stallions was there. Oh, they're, yeah. They're, they're, let, me,
1: let me get out my Walkman so I can play <laughs> that. Play that back to myself. Their, their
0: culture changed in a significant way, Sheen and
1: their asses off. You know what the Eleven Warriors uh, title? Because I love going to that website these days. You know what the Eleven Warriors title uh, was to the results of the game? No, cheaters prosper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> just I gotta like, love that. I know
1: everybody. Everybody. <laughs> it, that was a. That was a. Uh, title written for everybody, basically, because I read yeah, it, I'm like, right. that's just great. I just, <laughs> I just love it. Um, but but it, Reggie, I mean, we've we've talked about, yeah, uh, Michigan, uh, for, you know,
0: deservedly so. Uh, they're the Big Ten champs. They're going minutes. They're man. in the playoff. But the, but mentioning JJ McCarthy begs the next question. As the story goes, Ryan Day picked. Kyle McCord is his quarterback over J.J. McCarthy. And J.J. decided then, well, uh, I'm going to Michigan then.
1: Yikes.
0: (laughs) That decision doesn't look that great in retrospect. It
1: doesn't. And I think, I mean, you make decisions based on the information that you have in the moment. And I think the type of offense that Ryan Day wants to run is a I want a cannon arm pocket passer to get it to my stable of the best wide receiving core in the country and like knowing all of that looking at two quarterbacks who have not played a snap of college football like i could see how he made the decision that he did it turned out to be an incredibly wrong one but like you can't you can't travel back in time and say like oh obviously this is the the wrong choice
0: mccord had cj stroud in front of him for two years so he wasn't going to get earlier playing time like jj mccarthy did because you know he Correct. beat out mcnamara and he's not gonna, year two he's
1: not gonna get any later playing time at ohio state either <laughs> no. as it turns out
0: last podcast i sat here and defended mccord as I, did i i i didn't get it like the fan vitriol is ridiculous it's insane the guy went 11 and one and usually back like my whole life, usually when you got a guy who's coming back, he's like, you're a guy who took you to 11-1 and one and was six points short on the road yeah. at the number one team in the country yeah. is coming back. That would usually be a reason for true excitement. But I got to say, if you would rather go make sure you're the starter at Syracuse than maybe lead a top five team again next year I don't know man that one does not make sense to me
1: yeah I saw I've gone back and forth on this and I was here with you I'm like why are people throwing arrows like if you had a better oh, if you had a little bit better pass pro I'm not convinced that he doesn't make that yeah. that throw you know to pater to Marvin in the game in in a last second drive and, and he's and a legend c- Cement forever. himself yeah in Ohio State legend like that. I'm sorry that your O-line let let our pass rush get and knock his arm before he threw it. That's not on him. That being said, and I hate sort of calling out player intangibles like part yeah. of a champion. We right. have a, we have a good friend, Steve, who uses uses talking about Michigan. He's he's a Michigan alum and he talks about Michigan players that this player just doesn't have the heart. And when he texts that, I want to jump through the phone and. Freaking strangle him, Reggie. And so when when I saw the similar stuff about McCord not being a leader, and I saw him on stage at this fundraiser, and he wasn't a good public speaker, it's like, geez, the toxic fan base. Now it gets a little bit harder to defend
0: with Kyle McCord
1: at Syracuse. Syracuse got the deal of the century. I mean, McCourt's a good quarterback. When has Syracuse some- had a
0: five-star quarterback? That uh, Donovan McNabb. Yeah,
1: McNabb. That's it. I don't know. I if don't know if
0: he was a five-star. Don't, I don't. Coming think, at ice yeah, I don't think, I,
1: think I. he was as big. We'll have to. We'll have to go back and, and check that out. But uh, yeah, it's like, and and I do think it's unfortunate timing because I think you know he was going to land at Nebraska, but, but when he bounced after Nebraska flipped Dylan Riola from from. Where where was he? Miami, Georgia. first? oh Georgia. That's right.
0: Well, from Ohio State yeah, okay. to Georgia. That's right. To Nebraska.
1: Uh, it, it does make it a little harder to say, "Oh, you guys got to lay off this poor kid. He's you know almost brought you to the promised land. You're yeah, just like it's still best of luck. It's still you know it still should be go get him, Kyle McCord. I'll be rooting for Syracuse, but like everybody, question you know, question his character got a little bit more a little bit more juice behind him when when that happened unfortunately
0: i am hoping for the sake of ohio state fan sanity everywhere that devin brown has a heck of a game in the cotton ball
1: burn (laughs) the boats baby burn the boats burn burn the boats is the new row the boat as far as i'm concerned it is i love it i'm gonna say that if he wins i'm gonna say that (laughs) if he loses i'm gonna say i hope he kept a couple lifeboats on hand and didn't burn them all if, uh, if Aaron Nolan comes in and takes the starting job from him immediately, I, I like, but I love it. I love the, I love the sort of the, the passion and the tenacity and, you know, saying he's going to leave it all on the field, but now he's got to produce. Now yeah. he's the guy.
0: Now your first start is in a New Year's Six Bowl against a top 10 opponent. So at the same time, he's got tools to work with. And I think, I think Day has, so as soon as every quarterback entered the portal, the first speculation to me seemed to be, oh, my God, is Ohio State going to go get that guy? And I was like, oh, man, I don't know. If you take a transfer portal quarterback this year, you could blow up your entire room. Devin Brown, gone, if you bring in a starter. Yep. Uh, Lincoln Keenholtz probably gone, if you bring in somebody else he's got to sit behind. Aaron Nolan might, if it was an underclassman, maybe Aaron Nolan doesn't come. Correct. So... I think they've played this well. Like I think their future quarterback is in the room.
1: Time will tell. So, but time will tell. I think that this is Ryan Day's last stand. I think he could probably suffer a, a, a step back or even another loss to Michigan if there's reasons for the loss that aren't directly attributable to quarterback play. I think yeah. if he picks the wrong guy this year— and you lose to Michigan. I think there's going to be no more.
0: But that, thats wrong. the part though. That like just that phrase. Uh, I know you're not using it that way, but that's the way the fans. You if you pick the wrong guy, you can't say you picked the wrong guy because he goes 11 and one and not 12 and 0. How many teams in the country did that? It, two.
1: It, I I mean two
0: guys went 12 it, and 0. Hey, hey man, you know? it was
1: like. It, are you defending John Cooper here? Like, <laughs> uh, like you can't lose the game. I mean, especially yeah, no, I when, when, it. It, when expectations are so high. If if this was Michigan, you know, in the Brady Hook area, yeah, you can lose the game. We're 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 just struggling to you know be a top twenty five program again. This is an Ohio State team that, for better or for worse, has expectations of playing for a national championship. That's what Ryan Day says. That's what that's what's baked into the culture there. So if you can't deliver on that, it's a, and I don't care if you're playing the best Michigan team of all time. I don't care if, you know, every other game went swimmingly and you played only one bad half of football or whatever he said, where's Lou Holtz? But it's it, those are the results you're in or you're out you, you're you succeeded or you failed and like that's that's the pressure cooker of ohio state football
0: uh, absolutely and you know it is for better right i would much rather have ohio state in this position where like it's even though it's brutally painful to lose the game again with so much on the line but next year there won't be there probably won't be as much on the line because if you lose that game at 11 and 0 you're still in the playoff it's going to be a different world oregon is looking like they might become the biggest threat in the Big Ten now. I mean, they're recruiting well. They're getting transfer play top transfer portal players. They're. I'm very.
1: It's gonna sting. Wary for these, of these, <laughs> Oregon, these West Coast snobs to come in and just take over our conference. If that's if that's the wouldn't case, wouldn't that be ironic? Yeah. What if what if the what if the first Big Ten championship game is Oregon versus USC or Oregon yeah. versus Washington? Right. Like, it's a real possibility, and like. What are we? We're Michigan and Ohio State fans. We're going to be sitting on the couch together being like, oh, like this is a weird feeling for both of us.
0: Well, UW and Oregon just picked up two of the top transfer portal quarterbacks available. Yeah. Uh, I think they both got great <laughs> Oregon, young Oregon got, coaching got, staffs.
1: Oregon got two of the best quarterbacks yeah, available. Like, how do you, how get, they, how did yeah. you do that? I how mean, did they do that? Well, what, what happens is one of them <laughs> is willing to, you know, take a seat and, and wait yeah. his turn. Which Dante Moore is young. Dante He's Moore, got time. He could have done that at Michigan, too. He could've, we could have brought back JJ and he could have sat for another well,
0: maybe year. Michigan gets Malachi Nelson. I don't know. If, that, if like, I'm pronouncing I, his name correctly. I don't
1: know. I, I do think I'm very... Optimistic about the future of Michigan, but like quarterback makes me really nervous. I don't think we have a, a they need clear a quarterback,
0: answer. but somebody's going to want to sign on to that. Who's not going to want to come to a three time defending Big Ten champion team? It didn't work that way. Everybody thought that's what was going to happen when Penn State joined the Big Ten. This was before your time, Andy. Before my time, uh, when Penn State joined in 1993, Joe Paterno had won a couple of national championships. We won't mention all the other stuff he did, and I would hear comments all the time, yeah, Penn State's going to show the Big Ten how it's done, like they've got national title aspirations, and Michigan-Ohio State's always happy to just win the game and go lose the Rose Bowl. And Penn State, for the most part, has been dominated by both Ohio State and Michigan since they joined. When Nebraska joined, coming off their run of dominance, it was like, oh, no, another true blue blood, yeah. long-time blue blood, and look at the problems they've had. So we'll see about these Pac-12 teams, but you, I agree that USC, Oregon, and Washington, I don't know, I've never been a huge UCLA. No. Uh, anything. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, I think UCLA. But the other three are legit, like blue blood, long time traditional programs. That uh, it'll be interesting to see how they integrate.
1: We will see. In one year, you and I will be sitting here previewing the yeah. the Big Ten championship game, and for the first time in forever, there is a non-zero chance that we are talking about neither of our teams in the game.
0: Yeah, very good chance. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, there's a chance we'll be talking about one or both being potential playoff teams, not winning the Big Ten. So Weird. back back to the Florida State thing. You know who screwed the whole thing up was the NCAA. The way they screw everything up. You, we talked about the uh, admiring the effective, efficient, uh, high-performing organizations like Georgia and Alabama. The NCAA has got to be one of the worst-run organizations I have ever seen in my <laughs> life. When they did a four-team playoff, intentionally leaving out yeah. Room for one of the Power 5 conference champions. That was the most boneheaded move. Should have made it a 6 or 8 team playoff. To 6
1: would have been really easy. 6 would have been easy. The 5 champions five and 1 and a, at large bid. Yep.
0: Done. Done. Simple. <laughs> Even you and I as simple ER docs could <laughs> like figure that map. out, Andy. <laughs> I <It> was like 5, 4, 5, 4.
1: I mean, yes. And they were incredibly fortunate that it didn't bite them in the butt. But for the very last year of the fourteen playoff, This all would have been fine if it was next year. Florida State would have been in at five or six. The five champs are in, and Georgia would have been in.
0: Well, you know, with the 12-team playoff. Think of the—I mean, I am excited about that. Think of what the playoff, if this was next year, Ohio State would be in, of course. (laughs) Georgia would be in. There would be some great matchups— Uh, I'm not so sure about Gene Smith's plan to play our home game, home playoff game in Indianapolis because it's too cold in Columbus. Like, no, that's the whole point. I want Georgia to come to uh, Columbus in December next year and play a game.
1: I was explaining the 12 team playoff next year to my family and my wife and her infinite wisdom goes, wait, does this mean you're going to be emotionally unavailable for even more weekends (laughs) next year? I'm like, very possibly, babe.
0: Uh, yeah just another week or two
1: just another week or two
0: it's really it's just filling in the gap in mid-december that gap between the conference championship games and the the initial bowl yeah i'm just i'm just
1: staring at the wall right now anyways i've got i've got nothing better to do (laughs) by by christmas presents go to any of the thousands of christmas events my wife loves to take our kids to there will be there will be friction i guarantee it and then she'll regret sending me to the national championship game if it makes it
0: well, it might be your last one. Uh, well, we should probably discuss the Cotton Bowl a little bit. So here's what I like about the Cotton Bowl. I'm excited. I got to say, after the the game is over, you lose, everything is lost. You're just like, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care about any of it anymore. Right. You now. And now I got to say, I'm pretty stoked. For one, I'm excited to see what Devin Brown brings. Yep. I'm excited to see some of these guys maybe for the last time in an Ohio State uniform. I'm also excited because... I did have this twinge after the regular season that is there something off with the Ohio State culture, all the, the weird talk about McCord, the 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 tr- number of transfer guys that we had that transferred out. Yet the only one that kind of surprised me is Julian Fleming, you know, but he's cause he was the number one wide receiver in his class, and then he's been a starter for the last couple of years. But he just happened to have played behind some of the greatest receivers Ohio State's ever had, right? right? So it was bad timing. right? But he probably would have been in the same position next year. He would have been the number three option at best. Other than that, though, I'm encouraged by what I've seen of their culture in that a lot of their juniors now, you could say, well, part of it's probably just they need to put another game on tape anyway, even if they're planning on going to the NFL to impress scouts and show what they can do. But the fact that they seem to be unified, for the most part, we don't know about a couple plot. I don't expect Marvin Harrison Jr. to play. I don't expect JTT to play. But I think most of those guys will play, and I think there will end up being more of them than we think that will end up coming back next year, as, which is better than anybody you could get on National Signing Day.
1: As much as it pains me to say this, there is nothing wrong with the culture at Ohio State. No. There... Ohio State is suffering from having year after year after year after year of top three, top five recruiting classes and only being able to put 11 players on the field at a time. There is going to be transfers and yeah. you know early, early NFL declarations when you are a five-star player and it's time to go out and get paid. Like, that's going to happen. And nothing that I've seen suggests to me that There's something rotten in the culture at Ohio State. Now, I would love to be surprised. I would love, you know, to to get a little popcorn time in the offseason and hear about some Ohio State scandal that breaks, especially, you know, that I've turned heel on the college football world and, you know, have to be the bad guy. It'd be nice to drag some other programs down into the mud with me. (laughs) But I don't think it's out there. Um, And I think that these these transfers and everything else are just, the players want to play, they want to, and if they're coming to Ohio State, they want to play for Ohio State, if they can't play for Ohio State, they're going to be able to play somewhere else, you know, on a usually good, Syracuse notwithstanding, but usually a really good team, and they're going to be an immediate starter, or be in line to be an immediate starter, so in the era of NIL, this just seems like a function of if your recruiting rankings are high enough, you're going to have a lot of transfers, you know, at the end of the season.
0: Two years ago, that Rose Bowl game where C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who by the way caught the winning pass for the Seahawks last yeah. night, they lit it up the record books, and and I think that gave them true momentum. And that you know they they went eleven and zero last season <laughs> until they got to the Michigan game. 11,
1: 11 game season, I forgot
0: about that. <laughs> I think that momentum did carry them forward, and I think this has the potential to do the same. If Devin Brown lights it up, the team plays well. Mm-hmm. They seem to be taking it seriously. You always worry after a disappointing loss that the team will be flat, come out, no energy. It just doesn't. It doesn't sound like that. I mean, you never know. You're only hearing second, third-hand reports. You know, I'm not on the practice field. I don't know. But... It it sounds encouraging to me now. If Devin Brown throws three picks and they lose the game, (laughs) there could be a problem because then if if Ryan Day then decides I need to go into the second portal session and try to find whatever quarterback might be out there at that point. Now that all the good ones, I I don't think that'll happen. But I'm I'm just hoping for all of our sanity on the Ohio State side (laughs) that Devin Brown has a great game and we win.
1: I mean, I this is. A rare opportunity for me to watch an Ohio State game and be relatively stress free about the last time was yeah. the Notre Dame game, where I'm like, "This is a great game! Like, I enjoyed every moment of it. The fact that they won didn't bother me one one iota." Yeah. Um. And uh, this will be another one, and it is one of the few days that I have off of work, and I have absolutely nothing to do, where I'm going to be like, "Oh, I'm going to sit down and watch, you know, some some really good bowl action." And I agree. I think if you know, if Brown goes out there and plays the way that he's been talking, then Ohio State fans are going to be. It's Michigan winning the national championship. Ohio State fans are going to be like, "Oh, you wait till next year." And you know, we've we've got something like there. Just the confidence will be there. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I think uh, so. I think uh, that
0: there could be a lot of confidence that it builds momentum going into next year, especially if you know we need about half or more of those juniors to come back. Though I mean, we potentially would have devastating number of loss of starters if the, all these juniors go. But it sounds like not a lot of them are getting that high of NFL grades and with NIL like Michigan did this year, Michigan convinced guys to come back like yeah. their whole campaign last year. Come on, let's make one more run at it. Yep. It worked. It was like, again, it's a sign of a good culture. Yeah. They I'm, came back for their, their brothers in arms. I,
1: I think they knew they'd be playing together. Yeah, and they they knew the team. They knew it was going to be a great time. But yeah, getting paid,
0: but getting sweet, paid
1: sw- sweetens the pot a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then it's it's not completely a. Am I making a boneheaded business decision?
0: Yeah, I mean, you if know. you're a fifth round draft pick yeah. versus getting a decent nil check, it's yeah. uh, it probably makes it a little easier to come back.
1: When Zach Zinter broke his leg, uh, one of my good friends, he's like, "This is why you never miss the you like miss the opportunity to go to the NFL." And I said. If this were the Jake Butt era, and Jake Butt famously played in, think I think the Orange Bowl and uh, tore his ACL and really never recovered from that in his NFL career, I would be inclined to agree with you. But Zach Zinder made some money this year as well. Did, yeah. he, did he make first round draft pick money? Maybe not, but I think it it, it might tip the scales enough, and he's still going to be you know he's still going to be highly rec- or he's going to be highly drafted. You know, going Absolutely. into the year, this is a lot, uh, breaking your legs a lot better than an ACL tear as far as like what's yeah, your, yeah. What's your stock Yeah, yeah, he'll be 100% percent like. by yep. the
0: combine. Yep.
1: So speaking of NIL money, I heard that uh, Ohio State, from very unreliable <laughs> sources, that Ohio State could pony up upwards of $25 million to keep Marvin Harrison from going top three in the draft. Is there any veracity to this whatsoever.
0: I mean not like I've got inside yeah. knowledge but but zero chance. Zero chance. Zero. <laughs> like, give me a break. A year ago Ryan Day said they needed 13 million in NIL to keep the program healthy basically for the team. For the team. They're not going to spend. They wouldn't it wouldn't even be smart to spend that money first of all. If you're going to give an NIL deal to somebody, give it to Jeremiah Smith, yeah. JJ Smith, who I'm hoping sticks with his commitment, because if he gets flipped, I think he has the potential to be every bit as good as Marvin Harrison Jr. was. He's certainly much higher rated coming out of high school. Now, I was I was excited about Marv when he came out. Just the pedigree alone, I thought, he obviously is going to be fundamentally cool. sound, Yeah, It's right? cool, yeah. He's going to be good. And you look at his size. Well, Jeremiah Smith's got that size, right. and he's, a, he's the number one recruit in the country. So if you're going to throw some NIL money... Throw it at the guy that's going to be there for the next three years, rather. I, I love Marv. He's been a great Buckeye. Proud of him. Oh, by the way, yeah, we should mention a Blitnikoff Award winner hey, at Ohio yeah, you State. Got,
1: you, you got one. You got you got one through after I mean, having, after, how having did that happen? after having three wide receivers who should have been at least in the finals for the Blitnikoff. <laughs> right. You actually got one that won. So so we have a Blitnikoff Award
0: winner. Yeah, congrats, Marv, and he's been a great Buckeye. His work ethic. He was just phenomenal in every way. In every time, you know, if I'm ever at a game in the future and Marv's back visiting like uh, CJ Stroud was on the sideline during the Penn State game this year, he'll get a rowdy welcome from the crowd. Like, you know, great that he's a Buckeye. I loved seeing him, but I want to follow him in the NFL. I want to hopefully follow him till he gets a gold jacket, like his dad did. I wish him nothing but the best. And I, of course, I'd love to have him back and watch him, but Part of the fun of college football is I'm also excited to see Carnell Tate and Brandon Ennis and some of these other guys and Jeremiah Smith. And I think we'll still have the best receiving core in the country next yeah, year without I, him.
1: I don't think anything's changing. And, you know, Marv absolutely needs to go to the NFL, and it's not going to hurt your receiving one bit. And, yeah, I think you guys need to keep the, the, the pocketbooks tight for the players that haven't even arrived yet, given that you've just lost a running back to, uh, to Miami. Over, I have to assume. Well, what are you going there for? Sunshine and bikini oh, yeah. girls. I mean, <laughs> straight I have cash, to imagine homie. it's straight cash, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta. It's the new, it's the new era of college football. You just gotta come correct with the with the right number for these uh, highly touted recruits. It's, uh, it's weird, but it is what it is. And at least we're playing on a somewhat more level playing field as the SEC, who established yeah. this long before it was condoned.
0: I, I also do think there's a decent chance that Mecca Igbuka comes back. That would be helpful. He, he, had a, he had a tough season. Injuries slowed him down. He basically missed a third of the season with injuries and then was not quite right when he came back. Drops, I
1: do remember. And he had – uh,
0: <laughs> I remember one drop <laughs> in re- particular. So do I. So <laughs> yeah. do I. But, you know, that would be a fantastic addition. You know, like we talked about, yes, you want uh, National Signing Day to go well, but, hey, if we got Jack Sawyer and Mekic Buka – back next year and donovan jackson it's like well wait a minute you got three built-in starters that will almost certainly be nfl caliber players when they do leave after next season that's better than getting any any uh true freshman
1: absolutely no absolutely i think they're making the right decisions with nil it's just it's different and weird
0: yeah Uh, as far as predictions i guess we should say i do predict that ohio state will beat missouri In the Cotton Bowl.
1: Missouri is surprisingly favored. They're good. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't. I once again, I don't know enough about who's going, who's staying. And I haven't I haven't looked at Missouri at all, aside from like ESPN highlights throughout the season. So I I think Ohio State has too much talent. I think Missouri is probably just peaking right now. I think Ohio State's just going to reload. So based on very limited information, I say Ohio State wins and everyone gets super hyped up. And I have to hear the. Yeah, but would have been for Brown at all is going to take it to you next year, guys. And I'll just I, have to I hope I hope cu- that's cu- cu- all Cut on <laughs> my championship trophy.
0: Yeah, um, but you know that's all you can hope for when you lose the game and lose out on all your hopes and dreams in the there. season. Been there so many <laughs> times, yeah, it's man. It's like you know you got to <laughs> hope that, like, yeah, Brown looked good, and and look if Brown looks really good, the re- the young receivers look good. I'm um, I i do not know if Tommy Eichenberg played the mission game with one arm. I don't think he should have been out there. So I'm kind of hoping that we get to see some C.J. Hicks and see what he can finally do. And so I think our defense is relatively intact, other than maybe Eichenberg, Lathan Ransom. I don't know if he's going to be back, but I think we've got players that can play on the back end. I'm excited. I'm stoked. It's bowl season. It's the holidays. We will talk again after the playoff. We'll see who wins the whole thing.
1: Well, no, 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 no. If Michigan wins, I'm dragging you. If Michigan uh, wins <laughs> against Bama, I'm dragging you in for one more pod For us. a,
0: a final hype...
1: Hype hype up the national championship. If we lose, you can all tune in after uh, January 9th, and (laughs) we'll, we'll get something on the record.
0: Until then, go Bucks
1: Go Blue.